Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, mm. I got to tell you something. Yep. For the last month, I've been sick, and I've been getting sicker and sicker and sicker, mm-hmm. which is why you've been doing more of the heavy lifting on the show notes. Uh, yes. I wasn't going to toot my own horn, but yes. Yes, and I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, the The problem seems to have been solved. Oh, good. So I am I am back to my normal self. Turns out it was a very uh, insidious food allergy that uh, we're, we're going to get uh, double-checked with the doctor tomorrow. But uh, yeah, it got to the point where I couldn't even move my hands. I had like some, I had some neurological issues and I could barely type or move a mouse. You sure it wasn't the White Claw? Actually, it was because I stopped drinking the White Claw and changed to red you wine. got scurvy? Uh, no, I am, uh, I'm allergic to red wine Ooh. or something in red wine, probably the sulfites. So I can never drink red wine again. That's a bummer. But you are officially now an old man. Old men drink white wine. I, well, I'm not drinking white wine either. I'm, I'm off the wine. It's back to ye oldie beer for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, no problems there. But it's, you know, it's like the physical damage is still healing from my arms and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But uh, the upside of going back to beer is I've had to completely revamp my diet because when you drink beer, you get no fat. more carbs. Yep. No more carbs. Yes. You're drinking so, your carbs. Yep. That's it. I, I, I'm drinking my dinner. But uh, right. so I love salads. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're you're mended, and I'm looking forward to taking a week or two off from putting in all the show notes. Yeah, well, you notice <laughs> I did a pretty good job today. It's you did, job. you did, you did. Yeah, I'm I'm very pleased about that. Uh, something else came up. We've been talking a lot about the Mira Two chair recently, so I knew something was bound to happen. I've had mine for well, I'd say about eight years now, which is okay. a good long run for a chair. But these things are built to last forever, and price to last forever too as far as i'm concerned uh, unfortunately i'm sitting in a very awkward position right now because all of the adjustments have stopped working i cannot oh. <laughs> lift it up or down i cannot adjust it forward or back and of course it would get it's gotten stuck in a position which has me tilted quite a bit forward <laughs> uncomfortably so um but i figured okay these are expensive chairs i, I don't want to go order another one um i don't want to spend that money i want to see if i can fix this first so you go down the rabbit hole right you start to google and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so i'm going to end up taking it apart tonight and see if it's see if it's a simple fix if not whatever but as i was looking for for ways you know obviously one goes to the tube of view right because there's DIY and fix it stuff all over the place there. Yes. And I cro- I came across one called a not another DIY show and their fourth episode, episode four, how we fixed Herman Miller mirror two. And I yes. watched that. So it gave me some tips. So I, I will, it's not the problem I have, but it definitely shows you how to open it up, which is helpful. However, <laughs> this is a do it yourself repair show. And Tell me if you watch this. Uh, uh, you won't because you don't have to. So I will just. Tell I, you. I watched it. I did. I watched did, it. Did you hear the fire alarm battery <laughs> chirp throughout the entire DIY video? Yes, I did. Why did he not <laughs> DIY his battery on his I fire alarm before shooting this video? I have no idea. The yes, I heard it. And I was just like, <laughs> huh? Okay. The entire time, every thirty seconds, you just hear keep. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I did. I know. I, I, I fell off my chair, but not just because <laughs> it's pushed forward too far. <laughs> that was pretty bad. That was mm-hmm. pretty bad. But it was good. Good tips. Good tips. But uh, guys, you might want to reshoot that one. 
Yeah, seriously, or just edit the <laughs> Does audio. Does you look like an idiot? <laughs> All right, I got a little follow-up here on Virgin Galactic. Mm-hmm. So it turns out they're going to definitely be turning into, you know, a tourist agency <laughs> to take people up to the space station. Right now, I can't take a flight to fucking Vegas. <laughs> but you can go to space. <laughs> well, okay. soon you'll be able to go to space. Right. I don't think we'll fit in the spacesuits <laughs> at this point. But <laughs> well, you're on an all beer diet now, so yeah, yeah, that definitely no problem. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting that uh, NASA has agreed to uh, kind of ramp this up with Virgin Galactic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, NASA seems to be all about the uh, collaborative ventures at the moment, since they don't seem to be able to get the funding or support to do anything completely by themselves. Yeah, but here's the thing: Virgin Galactic can't get anywhere very high. You know, it's like they're <laughs> suborbital. So right. I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing, but uh, we'll see. So we'll they're basically running works. vomit comets. That's kind of it. Yeah. Okay. Very right. expensive vomit comets. And hopefully gotcha. they'll be flying soon, you know, hopefully. Hopefully. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's looking good. The tests are looking good. So we'll see. We'll Excellent. see. Um, I, I Look, man, fingers crossed for anything that gets us the fuck off this rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Is Richard Branson still uh, running that show? Was that his deal or did he sell it off? I thought that he sold it off, but uh, I guess, I mean, they still mention him in, yeah. in, a, in the article. So not sure. I know, know Virgin, was it Virgin Atlantic is pretty much toast right now. And Yeah. yeah. Well, all yeah. airlines are. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only airline left is to get you to space. Yes. Oh, and we talked about uh, the snap kerfuffle. On uh, on Juneteenth. Yep. Well, <sighs> Snap's vice president of diversity and inclusion. There's a mouthful for your business card. Very long <laughs> business cards. Una King. Uh, she said that the filter that was released was a collaboration between black and white employees and pushed back against criticism that the company had been culturally insensitive. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, the lens, if you remember, it asked users to smile to break the chains of slavery. Mm -hmm. Well, if my history serves me right, it took the bloodiest war in American history to break the chains of slavery, not a smile. Am I, I could but be they wrong were about smiling that. as they fought, Jason. Oh, I'm sure they were, but they didn't have any teeth back then. So now I am here to chew bubblegum and fix Snapchat because I have an idea, Brian. Okay. I have an idea. Now, mm -hmm. when you're dealing with a culturally sensitive topic, like a lens, right. put people from that culture on the project only, period. That's it. But that's, that's reverse racism. No, it's not. It, it's hiring. It's hiring for the job. I believe it's hiring for the job. And if they don't have the people on staff, either hire them or don't fucking do it. That's, that's how you fix Snapchat. Or that's not, yeah, it's like, yes, it's, well, that, cultural, yes, gotcha. Yeah, I, I also yeah. have a suggestion. I think we should rename these because now every company has a, a vice president of diversity and inclusion. We should just actually rename that job to Fall Guy. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it. Oh, man. And they, they, they kind of lied a little bit, I believe, because they said, you know, that we had, we had a black team on this with some white creatives. It's like, no, well, we know that the, uh, the team from Luxury which they, they acquired a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, they're based in the Ukraine, right? Yep. I, pretty I don't pretty know. white over there. Pretty damn white over in the Ukraine. So <laughs> Maybe they know. had a black project manager from here. I think that's exactly what they had. So anyway, snap, stop it. Just stop right. it. You, you've never done one of these that worked. <laughs> Have you ever <laughs> seen any news about how awesome snaps culturally, you know, diversity, 
centric lenses have actually done anything besides cause no. them to take it down in a fire drill because they screwed it up. Yes, the only news we ever get about their lenses is uh, based on some holiday and how they really kind of pissed a bunch of people off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get a get to step on your own dick lens. How about that? Yep. So I don't know if you noticed in the news, Brian, but uh, Apple had a thing. They're having a thing right now. Yes, I, I saw. And, and and generally, we do not ever watch these things. I, I, I have not watched it. But the news does leak into our show, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We try not to put too much in because you go to every other tech podcast in the world and they will cover it ad nauseum. But I would like to talk about Watch OS 7 mm-hmm. because they are now adding sleep tracking. And the only reason I mention this is because there are sleep tracking apps for your Apple Watch right now. Sleepwatch mm-hmm. being the, the big one that I used mm-hmm. to use. Uh, so if you build it, they will steal it. That's the yes. you know, that's yes. always what it's going to be with Apple. If they mm-hmm. if they build if you build it, they like it, they will steal it. So yes. RIP Sleepwatch for sure. Um I it, the thing is, it's like I can't sleep in a watch, so and I know a lot of people that can't sleep in a watch, so it's you know, great, but also the battery life on the the iPhone or the iWatch, Apple Watch, whatever the fuck they call it today, you can't do 24 hours on it. So you're going to have to charge it at some point. I charge overnight. That's that's the deal with the watch. Yeah. When I was using Sleep Watch, I would charge it when I was like when I'd get up, I'd put it on the stand, go grab a shower, grab breakfast and then put it back on. Mm-hmm. And it, it got you through the day. Uh, for the most part, you'd still have to do like a top off every now and again. But they are also adding a hand washing app. <sighs> <laughs> Brian, it's got bubbles. It's got right. bubbles. We have to dumbify everything. It's un- <laughs> but you know what? At this point, good. Because obviously nobody is following any of the rules or protocols or paying attention to anything related to COVID. More about that in a minute. More about uh, that in so, a minute, So yes. yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, this made me think, and I didn't put this in the show notes because I had sports ball and I didn't think that you would really care. You also had that uh, aura ring, right? That did sleep tracking for a bit? Yeah, hurt the hell out of my hand. Well, uh, they must be making much larger ones because the part of the news that I saw is that the Aura Ring is part of the arsenal of things that will be involved for the NBA as they resume play and basically socially distance and, and uh, move into hotel rooms and wherever they're going to play the, the remainder of the season. Uh, in addition to temperature checks and all that sort of stuff, all the players have been g- basically gifted an Aura Ring, which they think might help them be able to uh, detect COVID early. I don't know how that's going to help detect it, but Me either. Okay. But uh, it was in the news. Yeah, my aura ring tracked uh, basically your heartbeat, and that's about it. So yeah, I don't and, know. Uh, <laughs> okay, just just, uh, just popped up in my mind as we were talking about this because I know you're using that to sleep track as well. So and uh, they yeah. seem to think it might do something. We all know it won't. I I I don't know how the hell they're going to have an aura ring for NBA players because my hands aren't aren't drastically large. You know, I've got <clears throat> decent sized hands, but um, I don't have like little baby Trump hands, but. Uh, so the the ring sizes go up to thirteen, and I wore a twelve. I am sure that they made some specific and high and bigger sizes because of the amount of press that they'll be getting. Yeah, because they're going to need like size twenty rings for that. Because <laughs> those things were big. Those guys already. got big hands. Yes, yep. they do. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> and uh, one last bit of Apple news because it is relevant to your interests, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have debuted the first look at the Foundation TV series. Did you look at it? Oh, did I? <laughs> Do you have thoughts, Brian? I am excited. 
Uh, it looks good. I mean, it, it looks does. really you, you don't see much, obviously. And, uh, you know, of course, of course, it's going to launch as soon as my free Apple TV subscription is gone. So I will have to pay for it or maybe hopefully buy a new Apple product that I need anyways and get another year for free. We shall see. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it does look really, really good. I mean, I have. I am a huge Foundation fan. It is it is one of the, may I say, foundations of my sci-fi uh, reading. Uh, it's one of my favorite series of all time. I'm I'm excited about it. We do finally have the special effects technology to be able to do something like this. It seems that they're taking a very measured and they're not turning it into a you know shoot 'em up, bang bang sci-fi whiz thing. Um, it looks good. We'll see. Yeah, I was impressed. Mm-hmm. I was actually quite impressed. So I'm glad to hear that uh, you are too. Yeah, I, I got very excited. I got a little sci-fi Woody when I saw it. Nice. <laughs> and I want to just delve deeply, or not deeply, quickly into COVID <laughs> Thank corner you. really quickly, quickly because yeah, because there has been a, a a sea change in the news recently about the cases. Um, you know, at first we were just doing this to protect the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions. Uh, the most important story about COVID right now is the age shift that's occurring in Texas. Young adults are driving the spike in Arizona. COVID cases are growing two times faster among those aged twenty to 44 uh, than people 65 plus in Florida. The median age of the new COVID cases fell from 65 in March to 35 this week. Mm -hmm. It is no longer an old person's disease. It is everyone. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So Mm -hmm. fun times. Wear your mask. GOG.show slash shop. In the news. Hey, Brian, you watch that Trump rally? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I watched a little bit of it just to see, you know, what the turnout was. And of course the turnout was abysmal. Yep. And, uh, and I think everybody's probably seen this right now, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But the TikTok teens and K-pop stars, well, not, well, not the stars, but the, K, the K-pop fans, yes, yes. Uh, basically went on a tear. And they're the ones responsible for the, the million ticket sales. And uh, I just, Reservations. Res- actually, reservations. You didn't have to put down money. I, I have a yeah. feeling if even a buck was required, which is something that you should do. For these sorts of things, people, uh, you got to have some skin in the game. That's what makes people show up. You, you even I remember there's been there were studies about like when you did uh, free showings on campuses for movies or things like that back in the day. If it was completely free, people wouldn't show up. If you had to pay a buck to to sign up, people will show up because they put money in the game. Yeah, you got skin in the game. Yep. But uh, anyway, if you haven't read any of uh, what happened with <laughs> with this whole story. You definitely should check it out. Uh, links will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, some other TikTok news that they are joining EU's code of practice on disinformation, where they're also going to try and get rid of fake things on TikTok. I don't know if you've looked at TikTok. Isn't recently, TikTok Brian? all fake things? Pretty much. Okay, just <laughs> pretty much. So I was I'm kind of <laughs> curious how they're gonna how they're gonna do that one. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a good week for TikTok. That's for sure. And I had to I had to educate my roommate because she's like oh there's two new there's two new tiktok apps out there there's elite tiktok and alt tiktok i'm like no let me tell you about how social groupings work inside of apps and hashtags and things like that (laughs) so no everybody there is not two new tiktok apps elite tiktok and alt tiktok it's kind of like black twitter you know and uh uh, punk Twitter and all the different types of Twitters. It's just groupings of people who gravitate towards each other and create self, you know, um, uh, what is it? Uh, self congregating groups. Okay. I am yeah. not on TikTok, nor shall I ever be. 
Oh, it's fun. It's really fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Pinterest is in the news again. Oh, for uh, for having an entire business model based just on stealing content? Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, no, it's not that? Okay, no. no, it's the one thing that we want them to be in the news for and see the lawsuits for. Nope, nope. Turns out it's just a really shitty place to work. Okay. Surprises no one. <laughs> <laughs> so link to that's in the show notes to uh, former Pinterest employees describe a traumatic workplace where managers humiliate employees until they cry. Welcome to Silicon Valley, my friends. <laughs> I know. I was like that could you could replace uh, Pinterest with any Web 2.0 company, couldn't you? Yeah, pretty much. Well, Uber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lyft. <clears throat> all of those. Yep. 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 Well, uh, next door is also in the news. Uh, as we've often talked about on the show, next door is how you discover which of your neighbors are racist. And uh, they made it super easy for the racist to uh, contact the police, and they've decided that that was a bad idea. Uh, they had a button called Forward to Police, or a feature, as they call it, that lets <laughs> you send safety posts or urgent alerts to cops. This is uh, not a good idea because people, let's just say, look, I, I wanted to rebrand it the Karen button. Because the yeah. Uh, yeah the Karens were mashing that button left right and center, so they're finally pulling it. The other reason that they are pulling it is because uh, the vast majority of police forces throughout the uh, country have not signed on to this because they realized maybe we shouldn't put a button in an app that lets us contact lets them contact us immediately. Yeah, or the how to swat your neighbor button is what yes. they should have also called it. <laughs> now I have to say I signed up for the Citizen app, and I mentioned it uh, on the show before. Mm-hmm. My citizen app locals are funny as hell. <laughs> I love this app. Every time something comes up, the 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 snarky ass comments that are on there are hilarious. There was one uh, the other day where there was a woman down the street seen uh, walking around with a pair of scissors, and everybody was like, "Quick, where's she at? I need a haircut." And other people are like, "Maybe she just likes to play rock paper scissors." <laughs> just, but it just went on and on and on. And I think I have a lot of screenwriters in my neighborhood because. I mean, everybody was working on their new material every time something comes up. You are in that part of L.A. <laughs> yes, I am, because everybody was, you know, workshopping every time something comes up. It's, it, I mean, I have to say, give it a shot, Brian, because I don't know if it's going to be as funnier by you because you've got a lot of social justice warriors over there. But, yeah, uh, I'm all social justice warriors, actors, and uh, very successful screenwriters who are no longer funny. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, but out here, man, whew, it's good. It's really good. Uh, and this is not good. Spotify is testing interactive podcast ads, so you never have to remember a promo code again. Okay. Uh, Why I, is it not good? It's not good because they're just wheedling their way into the podcast ecosystem even more by adding quote unquote new features on top of a platform or on top of just a podcasting is simple. And now they're trying to just build but everything I, into their own damn app. But also, but, but as you pointed out, Jason, if you move over to Spotify, you're no longer a podcast. No longer so they, they a must, podcast. Uh, they must innovate for their own official new platform or whatever it is by doing, you know, innovative things like getting uh, Kim Kardashian to do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. <laughs> heard about that. Um, no, I guess, yeah, if it's on their platform and it's not a podcast anymore, that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, but I, they're going to find out that nobody buys shit from their phone when they're listening to a show. I can no. guarantee you that right now. Nobody cares then. No, I mean, the vast, look, we know the vast majority of podcast listening is done while you're doing another activity. Um, so your hands are taken up in theory. You're, you're driving, you're working out, you're riding your bike, you're taking a walk, you're not shopping. 
yeah, I'm not going to stop my my walk because I need to buy some Harry's right then and there. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. I'm going to stop everything that I'm doing to give somebody else money. Nope. Nope. Those, those ads are acted upon much later, which is why we have ad links in the show notes, because when people are back at their computer is when most people actually act on an ad that is heard in a, well, a Spotify show or a podcast. Yeah, there you go. And in news that could have come from our very first episode some eight years or so <laughs> ago, uh, Adobe is uh, killing Flash again. Again. Theoretically. Finally. Oh. Sort of. No, they're dead serious this time, you guys. For reals. For reals. No more Flash at the okay. end of this year. Maybe. But we really do want to kill it. Please. Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can't believe that this is still in the news. I can't believe that there's still Flash. I can't believe that they're still talking about it. But Adobe is finally going to end support for Flash when 2020 is over. The only bit of good news that we've gotten out of 2020 so far. And uh, they will actually even prompt you to uninstall Flash later this year. Uh, so there you go. They are finally, officially, really killing it. <laughs> Again. Again, <laughs> do you do you, do you even have it installed? I don't even know if I have it installed. I think I have it installed because some older websites, web video players, are still only Flash based, and they haven't moved them to HTML5 because you know lazy and not wanting mm -hmm. to pay anyone. So I, I seem to like always. I seem to be uninstalling it every couple of weeks because it just seems to find itself reinstalled every now and then. I don't know. Mm. Weird. So. I I think I want to go back through some of my old websites and just do videos of them so I have them. Start with Titanic. Titanic was not in Flash, my man. Doesn't Did not matter. use Flash. Doesn't matter. You love it so much. You should do a lovingly shot video edit of you moving through the Titanic website to My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> no, I think the one I really care about, though, is Face Off. I want, to, <laughs> I want Face Off. Although every, most of that, okay, the interface was in Flash, but everything else is in Director, which you can't even... Oh God! To play anymore. Director, I love director. I actually shockwave. You know, Sorry, shockwave. shockwave. I I have it. Oh God, I should go find it somewhere on a CD-ROM. There is like the entire Flash-based site for the Muppets that we did, which was just the coolest thing I ever built. <laughs> but it was all Flash, and yeah. But I'm not uh, gonna go and make a video. So yeah, you know what we should do? We should go buy some old Quadra 840 AVs <laughs> just so we can run our old stuff. <laughs> some of those old pizza box Quadras. Those things were great. Yeah. And a little bit of other Apple news that came out of the conference at WWDC. Uh, Apple has announced that they will not be using Intel processors, and they are going to go and move to using their own chips, such as they do in their iPhones and iPads and their MacBooks and Macs. So the longstanding collaboration between Intel and Apple is finally ending. They are just going to use their own stuff now. Hope you weren't holding Intel stock. Well, there's, Intel's doing fine. Okay, I didn't, I didn't even look. Uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with this. This is cool. I'll buy one two years after the first one comes out because yes, there's exactly. no, no way in hell. I'm like, right now, I'm thinking it's like, okay, uh, they're probably not going to release a new iMac now. So I think the, the this last iMac might be the, the last one that they ever have Intel on. So mm -hmm. hmm, might be time to buy. Might right. be time to buy. Now, we're going to talk about this more on, on our Saturday show with Dave Bittner, but I mm -hmm. thought this was pretty incredible. Blue Leaks exposes files from hundreds of police departments. And this is 270 gigabytes of data going back from uh, 1996 mm -hmm. to, to present. And it is staggering how much data is in here. Yeah, And uh, I mean... It's like, I mean, there's even like banking routing numbers and shit like that. And it's like, this is just a treasure trove of stuff for scammers. So 
the the fallout from this is going to be far and wide for quite some time, I think. Yep, good times. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once, they continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart, keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. 
Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need, whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Media Candy. Brian, my roommate and I bit the bullet and we watched The King of Staten Island this okay. weekend. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I know you're not a Pete Davidson fan. Not just not a fan. I actively have an adverse reaction to seeing him on the screen. Okay, then you probably wouldn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> I thought he was fantastic in it. I thought mm-hmm. Bill Burr was amazing. Marissa Tomei was amazing. Uh, the story was really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny. It was heart-wrenching. It was just all around a solid, good movie. Judd Apatow still got it. So um, I, I'm, I'm not usually a huge fan of his movies, but the ones that he does that I like, I like a lot. And I right. like this one a lot. Okay. I really did. All righty. Uh, so now I gave you the free masterclass.com uh, subscription for a year. Yep. I'm going to tell you about a new class that you're never going to watch. Nope. <laughs> Tony Hawk teaches skateboarding is out now. Right. Um, I don't know how well he's going to be able to teach skateboarding in. <laughs> do, do, you, do you not know how to skateboard already, Jason? Well, I do know how to skateboard, but I like Tony <laughs> Are you Hawk. Not far too old to do anything that Tony Hawk does? Oh, God, yes. Okay. Yes. Then why would you watch this? <laughs> Because it's fascinating. I, I, I'm fascinated by his longevity, his stick to and how he comes up with his stuff. I like him. I like Tony. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a watch. And they did some beautifully shot stuff at his ramp. Uh, I mean, it's gorgeous. So I'm definitely going to give that a watch. But, uh, I, you know, you, you almost never learn anything from these master classes. You get like one nugget for the seven hours that you watch it. But it's still fun. They're fun to watch, I think. I would actually disagree with that. It depends on the subject that you're watching. I, I, I agree with you about the more entertainment-related uh, stuff, like any celebrity talking about whatever, or even even the cooking classes, not necessarily the best. But I've got to say, if you delve into stuff like uh, the Paul Krugman economics one that I watched, you learn a lot. Okay. I will check that one out. I did learn to roll pasta really well from Gordon Ramsay in his cooking <laughs> one, though. That was really fast. That was really fun. And a shout out to Darknet Diaries episode Triton. I just listened to this one this morning, mm-hmm. and it is I definitely think one of the scariest ones he's ever done. Uh, it's it's really really fascinating and goes into uh, this chemical plant in Saudi Arabia and how these guys got in and basically could have just killed everybody in the plant if they wanted to. Right. It's nuts. It's really nuts. And it's really scary. Really, really, really scary. So, uh, yeah, don't uh, listen to it before you go to bed. But okay. uh, definitely listen to it because uh, what these guys are doing out there is way deeper than just somebody, you know, running Norton antivirus trying to find the bad guys. Right. They go down the rabbit hole on this one. And it's really interesting. Okay. And uh, because we have run out of things to really watch, I'm going back and watching things that uh, everybody has told me was really good and I didn't watch the first time around. And speaking of that, I am watching The Watchmen. 
I have uh, two episodes in. Um, I have this mental thing about the Watchmen that I have about, I guess, um, I guess Doctor Who as well, in which uh, I'm aware that it exists, but none of it ever sticks to me. And I don't really know what the story of the Watchmen is, even though I've now seen a Watchmen movie, uh, perused Watchmen comics a couple times, and I'm watching a series called The Watchmen. I'm still very confused about who everyone is and who has powers and what powers exist, and I don't understand anything. I just know I've seen a lot of blue penis so far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it seemed it's pretty good. I've certainly enjoyed the first two episodes that I've watched. I, I'm not sure how closely this series is in terms of the overall story to the original story, but uh, it seems good so far and certainly topical. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, sadly, they it got canceled. So this, you know, at least you know that this is all it's going to be. Yes, it's a self-contained uh, series. So yeah, you could always just pick up the comic book too if you want to go to the source. I could, I could, but uh, related to that, um, I did do something else after I'd had a couple glasses of wine this week, Jason. Damn uh, I you! Thought, I thought you would appreciate <laughs> this, but uh, I was looking for something to watch, uh, and I was very lazy, and Farscape came across the screen. Yes. God, it's awful, Jason. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it is awful fantastic it does not have legs how's that i i understand how if you watch this when it originally hit the air you probably really loved it and you have fond memories for it watching it in 2020 it is fucking awful damn awful no no blasphemy (laughs) blasphemy blasphema (laughs) it's so bad go die in a fire okay i will but i will die in that fire screaming farscape is horrible library uh so i was looking for something new to read uh after my my junk sci-fi adventure and i wasn't quite ready to dive into the hardcore sci-fi of book three of the expanse and a friend of mine texted me saying have you read this book because we often share uh book recommendations and she does not read any sci-fi so this is out of that milieu it is just a standard fiction and it was awesome fleischman is in trouble by taffy brodesser ackner uh, woman writer and uh, she absolutely nails the male voice to the degree that I didn't even think would be possible. Uh, it's basically a story about um, eh, you know middle-aged Jewish couples getting divorced and refinding love and being of a generation pre you know pre-app dating and then this guy just discovering all these apps that are basically supposed to be Tinder but not using the name Tinder and just going on a fuck fuck fest and (laughs) it's just insane and uh, how, you know, ultimately meaningless that was and blah, 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 blah. But it was a really great book. So if you're looking for just a standard, you know, fiction book, not sci-fi, I can highly recommend this one. Okay. Yep. I talked about Flux and Infinite by Jeremy Robinson. I bought them both at the same time, but I started to read Flux. Mm -hmm. Well, I said I, I was I was digging it. Well, nah. <laughs> no, nope. no, no. I also said that it wasn't very well written. Oh, it gets worse. It got so bad by about uh, about thirty percent into it that I returned it. And yeah. I and I, I know if it's that bad, then I know Infinite's probably not going to be any better. It is some of the worst writing I've ever heard because I listened to it. <laughs> right. Um, but fortunately, uh, the Audible app, or actually just Audible.com, will let you exchange books mm-hmm. based on shitty content. Um, and in the past, you used to get to keep the book and still listen to it if you want to. But the, they've finally updated the Audible app where as soon as you exchange something, they pull it from your app. You no longer have access to it. Hmm. But okay. uh, wow, 
Oh my God. You know, I, I, it struck me because I saw that you put this in the show notes that maybe I, I did a disservice when I, I didn't stress how much, uh, when I talked about shitter sci-fi or popcorn sci-fi, how much that that's not a diss. That's actually a good thing. It is a compliment because it is difficult to write even just light and frothy, but good sci-fi. There is so much horrible sci-fi out there. It's one of the reasons, what was the uh, Amazon program? Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was on Kindle Unlimited when they gave us a free trial. And, um, you know, I, there was a, there's a, there is a metric shit ton of sci-fi books on, on Kindle Unlimited and 99.9% .9 of them are awful, which is why I quit it. Welcome to the world of self-publishing. Yes. <laughs> Anybody can, you know, crap out a sci-fi novel and put and, it up and there. And most do. Yeah. Oh, man, man, this was, it's cringeworthy bad. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't know how this thing got so many five stars on Audible. I'm like, what? How? Well, you know, well maybe they gamed it the way we got so many five stars on. We didn't podcasts. game it. <laughs> that. No, I just think there may be a lot of people with really bad taste out there. Mm. I agree oh, maybe that. that explains why we have a president <laughs> that we do. Um, anyway, uh, Scott Dickers, I mm. took his uh, how to write funnier comedy class or, mm -hmm. or comedy business class, um, and I've been reading his books. He's got a how to write funny series, and uh, I'm really excited because he's got the third part in the series coming out today, How to Write Funniest. Mm -hmm. So uh, I need to learn how to talk funnier, not write funny. <laughs> But maybe he can start that show. Start that one up next. Yeah. Uh, but Scott, Scott's one of the founders of The Onion, if you don't know who he is. And I, I read his history of The Onion book this week, too. I'll put that in the in the show notes. It was really good. It was really fun to, to hear how he they basically built The Onion with like no marketing budget, period. Yeah. And yeah. It, 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 that one is a really good read. And I'm sure How to Write Funniest is going to be awesome, too. So highly recommend checking that out. I'll have links to all the... Uh, all the books in the it's show funny. notes. It's funny you mentioned that because I, I was actually just listening to something and I, they were talking about Reddit and um, how Reddit basically has never, has only spent $500 in advertising in the entire existence of Reddit. And yeah, like on stickers. stickers. Yeah, yeah, it was for stickers. So talk about uh, you know, a lot of these companies, right place, right time. They were just we, like The Onion, Reddit. I mean, they were just there when things blew up and they never had to advertise for themselves. I want to know what podcast you were listening to because I heard that same podcast. I can't remember uh, which it was one, one of it was. No such thing as a fish. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was it that, that new bonus one they did? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one. That must okay. Be yeah. I got to go back to because I fell asleep halfway through it. I love falling asleep to no such thing as a fish because it just, they, they put a smile on my face so I don't worry about the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wake up. Feedback loop. Over at Patreon, we've got Val, Steve, Kevin, Jeremy, and Luigi. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, and over at PayPal, we've got Martin, Mark, Jeffrey, Joseph, Tom, Michael, Ryan, Andrew, Michelle, Stephen, Jackal, and Sean. And Sean says, you guys keep me sane. I started on a Tandy 1000, played MUDs. Wow. I miss wow. And I am now an IT guru who does everything. Shout out to my brother, Jeremy, who also listens to you, and my retired boss, Steve, for whom I worked for 15 years. He's an amazing person and the best boss an IT geek could ever hope to have. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. And over on Twitter, Murray writes in, Scooter's not quite over. And this is a link from The Guardian. Rented e-scooters ride to the rescue of English commuters as COVID lockdown eases. So there are uh, city councils are preparing pilot projects aimed at relieving pressure on public transport caused by the coronavirus. Uh, they will confirm that e-scooters are allowed to use public roads, cycle lanes, and tracks and are exempt from vehicle registration and licensing. That's all gone so well here. 
<laughs> However, yes, they will require insurance and be limited to 12.5 miles per hour. Uh, there will be no legal requirement for riders to wear a helmet. So I guess it's good that you have government uh, health care. Except the hospitals are going to be filled with COVID patients. So <laughs> yes. don't, you uh, might you want know, to pick up that helmet. You know, I mean, I, when I think about like a small, tiny, you know, English village. Sure. Okay. No problem. When I think about London, are you fucking nuts? Are you crazy? So, I mean, there's a place and a time for these things, but uh, on a busy major metropolis, that's that's not really it. So. London is deadly enough as it is. <laughs> I miss that city. Yeah, me too. Radio teacher writes in, not every meal should be gourmet. Thank you for getting it done. A bad podcast from you guys beats the best podcast from almost everyone else. Damning with faint praise. Well, Thank I hope you, you enjoyed teacher. that whopper. Yep. <laughs> and Brett I, I think I think it was actually, I think it was more of a McRib. That's true. God, those things are so disgusting. All right. Brett thanks, says, thanks for the show recommendations. I have one for you. Hashtag stage. It's on the BBC iPlayer. Uh, so I guess I will have to fire up my VPN. Yep. <laughs> and uh, stars Michael Sheen and David Tennant. It's only 15 minutes. Uh, only 15 minute episodes of probably the best comedy writing this year so far. Keep up the great work and thank you. I will be checking that out. Yeah, and if you need that VPN, go to GOG.show slash VPN. We'll hook yes. you up. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant, they make a good couple. They, they do. do. They do. Yeah. Right Film Sleep Repeat writes, given you are expanding your merch, I'm guessing, and yes. shipping outside of U.S. is a pain, why not offer the show track as an MP3 file, even a remix? Uh, we do offer the show as an MP3. It's how will you download it. <laughs> so not <laughs> sure exactly what you mean by that, but... Yep. Uh, yeah, please let us know what you mean by that because we do actually it is send an it MP3. to you as an MP3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, twice a week you're getting an MP3 from us. Yep. Uh, Lockdown Joe writes in hashtag Groundhog Day. The only way I know the day of the week is MS Orphis has a calendar view for next seven days. Still feel still every day feels the same, but I know its name. That's true. It's a day yep. that ends in Y. Mm -hmm. Corey writes in. I demand a GOG pint glass. Well, well, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, our provider does not uh, allow us to do pint glasses or hats, as I've discovered, which is yeah. pretty lame. I wanted to do a, a baseball cap, but uh, we can't with who we've got right now. So we'll look into it. Yeah, we're looking into other providers because I want designs on the back of the shirt, not the front. So I'm a back of the shirt kind of guy. And Threadless only lets us put it on the front of the shirt. I know. So. I wanted to do a T-shirt that said uh, COVID Tour 2020 and just canceled on the back. Yeah, <laughs> as part of a uh, you know grumpy old geeks on the front, but I know we got to find we got we got to work on this because mm -hmm. yeah, Threadless just ain't doing it for us. Yeah, but it's such a pain to switch now that we're already over there. Ah, uh, take two hours. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Hey, if anybody's right. got any good uh, print-on-demand merch uh, fulfillment recommendation places, uh, send them over. Yes, I'm please do because I don't want to spend the time looking at all seven thousand million of them. Yeah, I, I spent I spent an hour this morning. And I still haven't found one that is the one I want. Right. And Drawer writes in, uh, even though you felt 449 wasn't your best moment, I liked it. So thanks for keeping it going. I didn't want to choose sides, So I bought both masks and also both mugs. Hope it will be enough for a few beers to make your day better. Keep on grumping. Yours crazy. Yours fucking slash crazy slash damn slash you name it Israeli fan. Yes, I'm one of those. Sorry. Well, fucking Israelis. Stop breaking my phones. <laughs> yeah. Stop hacking into everything. Light bulbs, for Christ's sake. I want to be able to turn the light on. <laughs> Brannigan writes in, gentlemen, I'm an avid listener of the show and love what you guys do. I'm also a geek that's only a few years behind you guys. So this show just resonates with me in a way that gets my no, no area all warm and tingly. <laughs> <laughs> 
probably only the furry episodes. <laughs> I very much agree with your political views, and I stumbled across this interesting long-form essay about echo chambers. For me, it really explains much of the polarizing political climate that we're facing now in America. And this is, uh, he says, sorry, I know this isn't very techie, so I won't be surprised if this doesn't make the show. Well, it made the show, and it's uh, over at eon.co, and it's Escape the Echo Chamber. Yeah, we've talked about this uh, quite often in the past. It, it's a, You have to put in some effort. The thing about social media is it makes it easy. You feel like you're getting all your news just by reading your feeds, and you aren't. Um, just have a wide variety of news sources you check regularly. End of story. That's all you have to do. You don't even have to go full Fox or full MSNBC if you want to avoid the crazy, crazy swings on either side. Have some international news in your feed to get a measured take. It's not that hard. Uh, and as always, know thine enemy, which is why I do check out Fox every now and then to see what the hell, how they've interpreted what uh, the rest of us see with our plain eyes. It's really cool on DirecTV. There's a view that if you have DirecTV, Channel 200, it's a, it's a four-square grid. You have uh, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and uh, BBC. Mm -hmm. So you can you can actually just move the box and it'll change the audio for the video that you're hearing. So you can actually check all the different channels without having to change the channel. It's really a kind of a cool feature. Right. And, you know, and it's really fun to watch what's going on on like CNN and MSNBC and then flip over to Fox. Because mm -hmm. it just does, it does give you an alternate view, even though it's usually wrong. But um, CNN's wrong most of the time, too. I hate I, I honestly hate them all. <laughs> Right now, uh, the business model of a 24 seven news network is, is the real problem. Uh, and it spills uh -huh. over into their online presences and all that because, you know, not that many people watch TV anymore. But the idea that, that, that this is, this is what's caused all the problems is the fact that they have basically had to monetize news and it's become, uh, entertainment. Uh, there's no other way around it. So find yeah. measured sources, find uh, real journalism. That's, that's, yeah. the key. you know, you know, I'm telling you, Al Jazeera, that's, kind of the i i find that to be the best actual news source for news here because yeah, we every, talked about that a long time yeah. ago and I, I haven't uh i don't even know i think they might have gotten booted from from my spectrum i gotta check for that and see if we still uh, have the network you have an ipad so i recommend getting the al jazeera app for your ipad and mm -hmm. you can just kind of cruise through there and um, immediately get on a list <laughs> dude we're on so many lists already <laughs> it doesn't really matter <laughs> But every all the news in the U.S. has turned into just opinion pieces. Yeah, that's all that's it all is. It is. Mm -hmm. it Rachel sucks. Maddow is not news. I'm sorry, oh, God, she just no. isn't. I mean, I agree with a lot of things that she says, but it's opinion. It's not news. Yeah, it's yeah. not news at all. It's very important to remember that. Mm -hmm. Martin writes in, "Hi Grumps, I love your show and thanks for keeping me company during the daily walks that I make during the pandemic." I have a question for Brian. What are your plans now you have been furloughed? Are you still moving to Toronto? This is not clear for me. Anyway, I wish you two all the best and thanks for making great podcasts. Well, Martin, it's not clear to me either. I don't <laughs> think anything is clear to anyone anymore. Uh, we had intended to be in Toronto by August. Uh, obviously, that has changed. Um, crossing borders is hard enough. Trying to get all your stuff across the border and figure out buying houses right now when you can't even go tour houses. Uh, right now, everything is on hold. And as yes, I've been furloughed and I will not be working again with the company that I started to work with until there are concerts again, because that is the business model. I don't know what I'm doing. So you'll hear about it uh, as soon as I do. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right here. Stick around. Yep. yep. Gabe writes in, I have a nine-year-old son who just read through the entire 13-book Wings of Fire series. This is his first book love experience, and I would like to expand his horizons beyond dragon fantasy. He has an extensive reading list from my wife, but I feel it is my duty to get him into some great sci-fi. Yes, Gabe, it is your, it is your fatherly duty. <laughs> 
Do you have any suggestions that would be both a good first experience and at an appropriate level for a young reader? Thanks. Um, yeah, my kid is too young at this point. Uh, so I have to kind of cast my mind back a bit and think about what I read, which obviously wouldn't incorporate anything new. Uh, so I did Google it really quick and I found a pretty good list, uh, the 25 best science fiction books for kids at a uh, best dash side dash fi dash books.com. <laughs> Sounds like an SEO play right there. Yeah. So you think, so yeah. <laughs> we put that, but still it's, it's a good list. So I, I put that link in the show notes to, to give that a, give that a whirl. I don't really remember what I was reading at nine, but the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series were certainly the first thing I can recall that was kind of, you know, vaguely sci-fi fantasy stuff that I really loved. I mean, I loved those books. I did not, I was not aware of the Christian connotation at the time, and that's fine. You don't have to be to enjoy them. Uh, I do remember A Wrinkle in Time was huge, and I, I, if I had to guess, I'd say that's probably the very first sci-fi book I ever read. Uh, Ray Bradbury stuff, like Something Wicked This Way Comes, which led to The Martian Chronicle, which then, you know, immediately led into Asimov and all that sort of stuff. That's a good way in. I was also pretty weird in that I read 1984 at a very young age and, and yeah, just all kinds of things that were probably not appropriate for me to be reading at the age that I was, but that's that means you're smart. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And uh, for me, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, man. That yeah, was, I found that, that later. But uh, definitely that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty safe one for, for younger kids too. I don't think nine, but uh, maybe maybe like 12. I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, I think I started reading it when I was 12, but I was a dumb kid and his kid sounds pretty smart. So maybe yep. he can he can jump, jump the the turnstile on that. Yep. But man, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is what really got me into sci-fi. Oh, you know what else would be a really good book? And I always hesitate to recommend it these days, even though it is one of my absolute favorites of all time. But this is probably a really good book for a younger kid. Um, I, I, you know, don't hold the author to the fire. Orson Scott Card is a flaming asshole. But Ender's Game, my God. That is a wonderful book, and, and it's perfect for a younger kid. You think nine for that one, though? I don't know. I don't know. I think you, again, as a parent, you know, yeah. I think what, what he needs to do is go read it and, and figure out if it is appropriate for his kid or not. Yeah, just don't tell him who wrote it. Yeah. You don't need to. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, I don't want him to go look up the other stuff that he wrote because his yeah. other stuff is yeah. just bug or, you know, shit. or his opinion pieces online. You definitely <laughs> oh, don't want to yeah. read those. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad, right. your kid might be like, daddy, can I get some of those magic underwear? <laughs> All right. Moving on. Russ writes in loved four, four, nine as a Patreon, modest, very uh, modest contributor. I mean, when I say the party like atmosphere, hearing you guys have fun with the less than perfect show was the best. It actually should win an award for how to rise above a glitchy episode. Well, thank you, Russ. Uh, I'm glad it felt like we were having a party. The only kind of party I believe we were having was a pity party, but okay. I was just trying to get back to bed because I felt so horrible. I wanted to cancel that whole damn day. I wanted to cancel Friday, period. Right. God. And Jeff writes in, he sent us two links, uh, IRS use cell phone location data to try to find suspects. So the IRS bought some of this freely available uh, data that was out there, but then stopped the program because it didn't help and they couldn't find anyone with it. <laughs> it's called Google, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why they thought. I mean, I guess if you get cell records and you figure you can try to track someone, but I mean, God, the IRS, come on, guys. Yeah. Go after the companies, not the individuals. There's where you can get a lot of money. Just ah, say it. that defund the IRS, I say. <sighs> and he also sent in this link from the New York Times. Air Force investigates military planes that monitored protesters. Now, this actually does disturb me quite a bit because we are still trying to figure out what exactly was going on. Uh, we should not be using the military against civilians. 
Nope. And apparently this is what happened. A little-known reconnaissance plane was used to monitor protests in Washington and Minneapolis uh, this month. The Air Force said on Thursday they're looking into it now. Now, this plane, basically, from high up above, so far high up above that you don't even know it's there, can take perfect, perfect video of everybody on the ground. Oh, yeah. Of course it can. That's, yep. that's how we kill the bad guys. Yes. Wasn't there a thing called, uh, was it Posse Comitatus, where you're not allowed to do that? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Brandon writes in and sends us a very, very upsetting link. It's a 20-year-old Robin Hood customer dies by suicide after seeing a $730,000 negative balance. This pissed me off. Uh, this so makes me much. very angry, too, because this is a death by shit UI. I know. That's it. it. it, it that's it in a nutshell. So I, I don't want to get too into the particulars here. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Links in the show notes. Go give it a read. But, um, you know, this is the problem. Uh it's a great thing to have these apps, Robinhood and all that, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, push commission-free trading and all that sort of stuff. And they're super easy to use. And they've marketed themselves heavily towards millennials and Gen Z to try to get them involved and, you know, get the piece of the pie there. And hopefully, you know, you know, beat the big boys like Schwab and Fidelity and Merrill Lynch and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the problem is you give people these tools with little to no education and you build your UI so crap that people don't realize what's going on. Uh, and then all of a sudden they think that they've destroyed their entire fucking future by being almost a million dollars in debt when that's not really the case. It's just your crappy UI. And if you would have woken up the next morning and checked it everything would have been fine fuck you yeah it's like giving a toddler a handgun mm -hmm. in some cases like this but jeez yep. yeah pissed me off yep uh dave writes in hey guys i'm a fan of about four-ish years keep up the awesome work including politics in regards to your discussion about contact tracing apps the government of alberta and canada released one only uses bluetooth tokens to track other users of the app if someone reports being ill all people who the app recorded contact with are notified the alberta government site has info on it here and this is called the ab trace together it's good to see these things trickling out i would say too little too late but we're still rising <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dugite Code, I guess that's how you say that, writes in, was listening to show 440, catching up on my massive podcast backlog. In regards to people wishing you wouldn't talk about politics, I just wanted to say, I don't mind. I often don't necessarily agree with your hard and fast opinions, but I also appreciate your positions on these topics I do disagree with you on. Not to mention in today's world, it's virtually impossible to discuss anything without some politics seeping in like a burst sewage line. <laughs> What I really hate is your occasional offhand dismissals of Linux. How dare you, you ill-educated cretins. I kid, of course, keep up the good work. I still use Linux. <laughs> Damn it. Just not on the desktop. Yes, not on the desktop. Uh, Ramsey writes in, seen this long-form audio from The Atlantic discussing security in the election. Very concerning if whenever you hear Russia, you also imagine China and others doing the same thing. And this is a, a link to Overcast. The 2016 election was just a dry run by Franklin Fowler from June 2020. And, uh, well, you know, part of the news that come out this week and just gets ignored is uh, Trump has invited any number of foreign governments, including China, to please help him win in 2020. So this is not just a theoretical piece anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, calling COVID Kung Flu, which I got to admit was pretty funny, but it's totally inappropriate. So I guess in China, China might not help him out. You know who much. it's appropriate for to make uh, to say that? A comedian, not yep. the fucking president. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Particularly man. an Asian comedian. They can yeah. make that joke. They can make that joke. Yes. 
Steve writes in, Groundhog Day Syndrome is real. As a fellow grump, I sometimes give a sarcastic answer when colleagues ask how I'm doing. By a typical Thursday, the answer is SSDD, which stands for Same Shit, Different Day. What's but Thursday? D- Yeah. But during this pandemic, what I realized is we actually have something else. It's no longer same shit, different day. It's same day, different shit. Thanks for your entertaining grumpiness. Jason, just you. Well, that's why I took it off. I just, okay. I, well, I, I guess I'm the one that came up with the Groundhog Day bit, so he was thanking me. Oh, for fair that, enough. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was. I was trying to give everybody credit, man. I'm, I'm not right. trying to toot my own horn hmm. this time. It's this time. <laughs> Sissy writes in, do y'all have any ideas for a better email app than mail on Mac OS? I left this oh, yeah. in here because I know Jason does. I'm looking for better search functions like I had when I worked and used Outlook. And thanks to Microsoft, I need a 365 subscription to use it. Thumbs down. Coincidentally, I'm also looking for a better calendar app too. The Mac OS calendar does not really give me enough real estate to see my day slash week at a glance. I keep missing my Zoom social visits and it's starting to kick my ass. On mail, I use Spark. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, though, I don't think the search is going to be all that for you, but you can give it a shot. It's free. Uh, Spark Mail, I think it's sparkmail.com or something like that. Just search for uh, Spark and Mail in Google. Um, It works great on the desktop and all of my different devices. On the iPad, it is awesome. That's where I do 90% of my mail because it's just, it's such a really nice interface and it syncs everything across. So if you've got, here's, here's my favorite feature, Brian, you, you, you won't use this because you only have one email account. (laughs) I have six. Yeah. I have six email accounts, but you set one as a master and you sync that with iCloud and servant. I guess we're not allowed to use that anymore. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) telling you, uh, so you sync one. So when you go to your other app, you basically uh, log into that account and it pulls all of your other accounts over nice. in all of your settings, all of your SIG files, everything. It is so nice. Um, on the calendar side of things, I actually went back to using Mac Calendar. I used Fantastical 2 for a couple of years, but they screwed something up and it broke and it stopped syncing across all the devices, which is kind of what you need for a calendar. Um, you can give it a shot, see if they fixed it. But Fantastical 2 is what I used for years and it wasn't, uh, wasn't bad all right yeah. excellent all right so something happened over on itunes oh jesus christ this <laughs> guy even, again i don't even know what to think about this i mean i get okay first off he's continuing a conversation that yeah, a one-sided conversation with himself <laughs> with himself uh, <laughs> on <laughs> itunes uh because we read his two-star rating uh, this is don't bother over on itunes we read his two-star rating that basically just said all we do is copy from corolla and we mentioned that on the show and instead of like writing us an email to flesh out the conversation he decided to redo his rating on itunes with his response uh on the plus side he did bump us up one star to three star we got bumped up a star to three yeah i'll read this i'll read this one because you have the reply yes uh this comes from don't bother from the united states the three star copy much shocking shocking you wanted an example of something copied from adam carolla here is one of the many things i've noticed you do might be accidental but seems to be an exact duplicate of something he has been saying for years also nothing burger still like you guys and a a sticky thumb out emoji okay okay don't bother since we're going to continue this i'm hoping to get you bumped up to a four star next get to a four see what happens (laughs) um where did the term nothing burger actually originate we have this link in the show notes my point here is that the things that you are assuming that we are taking from adam carolla adam carolla has stole because they are in popular culture 
They just exist in the ether. Many people use these things. Nothing Burger has been around actually since the 1950s, used by a Hollywood gossip columnist named Luella Parsons to describe a person or idea that's essentially a whole lot of, well, nothing. It has also been used in the 60s and 70s, notably by Cosmopolitan editor Helen Gurley Brown, who used the term in print back in the 60s and 70s. In 1984, it was used extensively by the chief of the Environmental Protection Agency, who was described by the New York Times as controversial, and he used that about a month about marine and atmospheric issues and this was in the press a lot this has been going on nothing burger has been in popular culture since the 50s adam carolla did not invent it therefore i cannot have stolen it from him or jason for that matter now shocking i will admit yes i have listened to adam carolla and he's done it and i did it as well but it's a bit more difficult to google that because you have to get the right amounts of o's and c's to kind of get in any link but you know i did, wasn't able to find the attribution for that but I've been doing that since elementary school. So it's yeah, safe to say <laughs> that's not Adam Carolla's invention either. So I do hope you're also giving him a three-star rating and telling him he stole those bits. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> if you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review, not a three-star and, and a conversation that should have been done in email. <laughs> and if you're on the Overcast player, please click those stars. We really appreciate it. Man, good thing we cut that. Where's the beef bit we were going to do? <laughs> Sadly, this is a shout-out to Joel Schumacher, director of The Lost Boys and the Batman films. He has died at the age of 80. The Batman films I could do without, but Lost Boys and everything else he did, man, he will be missed. Was that were the Michael Keaton Batman ones? No, that was Which Tim Burton. Did do? Tim Burton was, oh, yeah. I, I think he did the nipples. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, man, Lost Boys is enough for me. Great movie. Yep. So I love that. And uh, we missed this as we were recording our last show. A shout out to Ian Holmes, star of Lord of the Rings, Aliens, or Aliens, sorry, the first one, <laughs> and Chariots of Fire, who died at age 88. Uh, amazing actor, been in so much stuff, it was sad to hear. Uh, unfortunately, he had Parkinson's. So it was kind of that. But uh, man, what a presence he was. Yes, he was. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to GOG.show slash donate. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. Your support really keeps us going and we really appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 450. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy and please, please wear a mask. And if you need one, go to GOG.show slash shop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.